1: Miami, 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 it feels like Miami.
2: Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Heatbeat Podcast. I'm your host, Carlo Navas, and with me today, we have our 2K coach, Frankie. What a do? How's it going, Frankie?
1: Doing well, man. How about yourself? Fresh shave. We're shaved? doing.
2: We're doing. Good. Yeah, we got. We got a little. We got a little shave going hey. on. We have. Um. Huh.
1: Hey, looking good, man.
2: I had to. I shaved a little too much. It wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, it was a little too much. But whatever. We we move. We we we, we live in. Um. Want to thank everybody who came to our Patreon watch party yesterday. It's a lot of fun. Thank you to the listeners who contributed and who kind of help out what we're doing uh, it was a lot of fun to watch basketball with you guys and uh, although it was a loss it was uh, it was kind of funny uh, at the end <laughs> where I was just reacting to missed rebounds and crazy plays and just weird stuff That, that that's fun and it, it was really good to do that with our listeners and uh, we thank you and appreciate that and if you want to do the next one I think we're going to plan another one in like a week and a half at uh, patreon.com slash Miami Heapy uh, if you're listening on Twitch uh, I'm going to throw a link in the chat and if you're listening on the podcast feed uh, we love you ogs uh go to patreon.com miami heat beat uh no fez butter uh, we are not 0 one watch parties we are one and one in watch parties okay that's our second virtual watch party and we won the game against sacramento so in your face we are one and one in watch party we have a 500 record uh so <laughs> stay tuned to see what happens next Today, Frankie, uh, we have a lot to talk about, uh, and I guess we're going to start with, with Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza got traded to the Heat for Myers Leonard uh, and a second-round pick, uh, which I think was was pretty funny that <laughs> that, that got haggled out of the Heat, um, you know, in, in typical Sam Presti fashion. Uh, but they trade Myers Leonard, who, you know... L- l- we'll talk about the trade in a second. I, let's talk about Ariza himself and kind of his fit on the team. Frankie like I think a lot of people are looking at this move from a defensive perspective and to me I kind of look at it as like an offensive move for them. I don't know how you feel about that.
1: Um I think a combination. I I look at it as a two-way guy that we are so badly in need of. Uh we have Bam Adebayo, we have Jimmy Butler, uh and that's it. Avery Bradley was supposed to be that guy. He hasn't been able to stay healthy. Uh Trevor Ariza is a guy who can play on both ends, contribute. He can't be matchup hunted. Uh, he can't be left open. He's the kind of guy that you can uh, throw at an all defensive lineup when you need a stop. He he can close uh, games with you because he can shoot. He's a veteran, a, a champion. He's been through through the ringer. On um, he's had to guard KD in playoff series. Got, guarded Kobe. He's guarded a lot of greats. He's battle tested. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for the contribution. I don't think he's going to be, uh, like a guy who's going to set the, uh, set the team into a championship aspiration, but he's definitely a piece that improves the team.
2: I like for me, you know, Miami's offense is a lot of movement. It's a lot of off ball screens. It's a lot of sets that involves kind of the relentless motion of their shooters. While Jimmy and Bam hold the ball up top are dangerous threats. What's happening kind of behind the ball is what's important. And I think for Ariza being a good shooter, that changes their calculus in how they're defended and their offense is about 20th since Butler's returned. So that's from January 30th on they have the 20th best offense in that span, which is not good. Um, But... If you look at a guy like Iguodala, who I'm sure that Ariza is going to be taking most of those, you know, if you look where to slot him in, it's going to be kind of in that Andre role, who plays a lot of power forward for them. When they do kind of, you know, when they're screening in their off-ball sets, you know, Andre's a guy that you can leave alone, that you can forget about, that you can not... You know, guard right. So if you're if he's screening, you know, if they're kind of running a curl or something in pistol in the corner, right. So that's when a man screens for the ball handler in 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 the corner to kind of run up to the three point line. You know, if Andre's the screener there, he's not guarded, right? Or if he's standing in the corner and pick and roll, he's not guarded. And Ariza is a guy that will be defended. And for Miami who struggles with their offense, who really relies on a lot of miscommunications and misdirections. And, you know, when Duncan springs free because somebody didn't switch right or somebody was supposed to switch and they didn't switch or they get the wrong matchup or somebody messes up, you know, all of a sudden a good shooter pops out and they're open. And That was really a lot of their offense last year. And this year, you know, it's, it's easy if you make a mistake is not going to make you pay as much, right? And Frankie, I think the hope is that the reason can come in here and kind of make teams pay for mistakes because their offense really is not doing that.
1: Right. He's like, in a lot of ways, he's a similar version of, uh, Jay, where she's to a guy who's going to hitch shots. He's going to play, uh, both, both forward spots have to guard some vibes at times on switches, uh, like the rim diving, like Deandre Jordan types that, uh, won't hurt you in a post up. Uh, so, I like Ariza a lot. I think he, I, exactly what you said. He's gonna replace I- Iguodala in a lot of those lineups that have been struggling with Bam and, and Jimmy. Um, and he's he's a veteran, knows knows how to read the floor, good passer, solid like solid passer, makes simple reads, uh, gonna cut, gonna run in transition. It's the kind of guy that the Heat needs as role players, the vet the vets that know how to play that are. Uh, perfect fits in any uh, situation he's gonna fit right in suppose gonna love him
2: yeah like he's and and I think the situation and, and our, our friend Leif over at five reasons kind of pointed out this as well like this is a really similar situation to Igadala because they're around the same age they haven't played in a season on uh, Latin Andre you know was on a finals team the year before and Ariza was on a Portland team and shot 40%, you know, in Portland, I think particularly from the corners. Cooper Moorhead is a great piece, by the way. You should read that. Uh, Coop, Coop is amazing. Uh, but he's a, he's a guy that can help them. He's a guy that, I, again, I I agree with you. He's not going to, like, completely change the dynamic of their team in, like, a, a real significant way. But, you know, I think that – and Tiffany was mentioned this on, on both Miami Heat beat and on Hangover time that – They just need smaller incremental moves to kind of free up some of their stuff because they're obviously a good team, Mm -hmm. um, but they have issues. And I think last night against Memphis, some of that creeped up and and their shooting in, in particular. And, you know, if he can kind of inject some life into their offense, you know, whether it be by just having a guy as a spacer, whether it be as an active participant, as a screener, whether it be another guy to help you get turnovers to kind of flow into your offense more because he'd have a lot of good transition players, Jimmy, Tyler, Goron, Bam, uh, even Duncan, right, and and Kendrick, Frankie. I think like that stuff, those little things are really going to help them, and maybe it's not going to get them from 20th in offense to 7th, but maybe it gets them from 20th to 17th, and then if you make another move, you can get into 12 or something like that with their elite defense.
1: Yeah. And and another thing as well, uh, I tweeted this out yesterday, but uh, this gives Andre some rest. Like we don't have to rely on Andre to play. Uh, Andre has played like almost every game uh, pretty much besides the games he had to miss uh, for COVID and and last night. Um, But he's, He's been. He's like you said. They're almost the same age. Uh, Trevor brings a, a very different skill set offensively than Andre, but uh, defensively they're similar players. Trevor's a little bigger, so he it's going to be easy. And he's had more experience guarding up uh, position, playing the four, play, guarding the fives, uh, especially in Houston switch-heavy defense. He was one of uh, Nikaias pointed out yesterday in the pregame show that he was one of the biggest reasons they were able to switch so much uh, in Houston because he's. He's str- strong. He's smart. He's uh, got a, a tremendous wingspan, seven-two wingspan. He's great uh, reading passing lanes and and playing them. Uh, so that's just another guy. Like when he goes zone and you can throw out guys like Andre Avery Jimmy Bam Trevor like they have so much length so much experience and i dare you to throw a soft pass around those guys like you're going to get picked and and that's going to help their transition offense which we we've seen uh uptick during the uh winning streak and and, and this recent stretch that they're they're running in transition a lot more cuz they're getting more steals they're pushing the ball they're being aggressive defensively he's going to fit right into that that kind of role
2: yeah, and and like he's a guy that I think you can count on to close as well. Yeah, like so, Bam, Jimmy, and Andre is a is a trio that Eric Spoelstra really likes, and we've seen them when they're all available that they close often. Uh, they that lineup is minus nine point five per hundred possessions with a ninety five offensive rating. Right, it's just not good enough. Right? Yeah. That's not getting it done. And if you replace a guy like Andre, or you add in there a guy like. Ariza all of a sudden you get a little more umph. you get a little bit more kind of ball hawk as you kind of talked about you know throw a soft pass around there the switching is huge now miami still does a lot of they mix in a lot of drops and a lot of switch coverages they have they, they do a lot of things defensively and i think trevor can do both yeah and and uh, as cooper moore had pointed out in his piece and if we've talked a lot about on this podcast you know the heat are second in uh fewest attempts at the rim and now they're up to seventh l- fewest percentage at the rim allowed the rim defense has been really good without yeah. a rim protector and it's all been perimeter traps and man trevor and those traps are going to be really good
1: yeah man he's going to be able to play the passing lanes like we said um he's going to be active he's going to have that standing reach to help inside to, to continue to help guard against the rim uh, he's got like he's he's another he's another guy that knows how to play basketball that's the one of the biggest things you need guys with that kind of uh, IQ, that experience, that confidence, and uh, one of the, it's not just confidence that the Spo has in him, it's but it's that the team will have it confidence in him. He's gonna be able to play right in. He's been around the league and back. He's he's uh, the most traded player in NBA history. Uh, a lot of times, yeah. But he's he's been around the league for a reason because teams want him. Teams want him because they know he's he's good on both ends. He's gonna fit right in. He's a no nonsense player. Uh, he's a cr- really good fit. Twenty minute guy. Um, probably 25 on some nights that he's a heavier load. Uh, but that's exactly what this heat needs. It's not, it's not a huge in that kind of role. Yeah, you have Iguodala there. He's he's played really well this season uh for his expectations as well. Uh shot the ball better than we expected, I'd say. Um, and he's hit a lot of clutch shots, but Trevor's gonna be able to do that on a more consistent basis. And we've seen him time and time again, when he's on playoff teams, as we saw when he went from Sacramento to Portland, uh, he played more inspired boss shot 40% from three from uh, with Portland. And that that's the, and the corners, man, he's going to be elite from the corners. Um, he, I think he's a career 40% shooter from the corners. I saw a B-O-R reference. reference. Uh, I'm excited, man. He's, he's just going to be a seamless fit for this offense and defensively.
2: You know, like, I think that hasn't been stated enough what a seamless fit he'll be. It's just because they run stuff that he has run before and that he's comfortable running. And like the, there's guys like him, like KZ Opala would play, you know, like he can get eat those KZ minutes and some of Andre's to, to spell him a little bit. And you saw last night against Memphis, you know, they, they miss Andre right? Like I know that it's maybe not a big headliner or oh, well, nobody's going to feel sorry for them because, you know, their 36 year old, you know, w- was out a game. But I mean, they felt that you felt that absence at times, especially at a in game, you know, when John Moran goes to the rim, scores on Jimmy and the, the the help man is Goran on that play. I mean, you miss Andre there. And if you have a guy like Ariza, you know, and all of a sudden it's not, you know, you you don't have such a You know, it's not such a noticeable difference. I will say this, and we can kind of close on a reason because we have a lot of stuff to get to. Hash eighty seven said in chat, we got rid of a player that the Heat didn't use, and we added a player that we will for a seventh grader in that twenty twenty (laughs) seven pick. That's true, right? Absolutely. I saw streaky shooter on Twitter tweeted out. It's like you know, which the Heat traded Myers Leonard and the seventh grader who ruined his career (laughs) uh, for for a guy that's like legitimately going to help them and a guy that. You know, you know, and has been in battles. I think it's yeah. cool, like kind of the Andre factor as well. Like, you know, they've played against each other in big stake playoff series, like the battles that they've had. And I, I guess one of the things about switching that I think is important in this league, particularly in the Eastern Conference, is switching mucks up your offense for a couple of reasons, mm-hmm. because it baits you into isolation ball, which I think is a, is a net win for the most part, especially for a team like the Heat, who send a lot of really smart and good help. And the East is filled with these really scary perimeter players. You know, you have Giannis, KD, uh, Kyrie, uh, Jason Tatum, Harden, uh, Jalen Brown, Kemba Walker if he's healthy, right? Like there's a lot of really, really uh, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, um, you know, the, yeah, Malcolm talking, Brogdon. We're
1: talking playoff teams, Jake.
2: We're talking – I'm sorry, yeah. Um, okay. But there's there's a lot of really good perimeter players. And, and the more that you can switch those guys with length – the better your defense is going to be yeah. in games that count, because it's all fine if you know you limit Cleveland to like Cleveland can't score. Like, who cares? Cleveland sucks. Um, but you know when it comes down to the Nets, when it comes down to the Bucks, you know when it comes down to the big boy teams, uh, when you can switch and when you can muck stuff up and you can also drop and you can mix in different defensive schemes, that's huge. And they add just another guy to throw at Durant. Another that's another long guy to throw at Harden, who. I mean, we've seen in the playoffs, when you know, Harden struggles, right? Yeah. The, the, he's not the same guy. And, and if you can put more length on him, that's going to help and, and all that stuff. So and we've that's seen, important.
1: We've also mm-hmm. seen like the Heat do a lot. Like you said, the Heat play a lot of different defensive styles. Uh, they do the switching. They do the hedging. Uh, they do the drop. Uh, but you see a lot when when teams try to isolate against or uh, try to bring Duncan or Tyler uh, or Goron on ball to, to screen, they, they run those little soft hedges to try to get um, the, to force the, the switch and, and force the rotation and force the help and force a, a, an advantage with slips and stuff. Um, and, and we, we've seen oftentimes that your the backside rotation has to be on point. We know Trevor is going to be on point on those rotations. Uh, he's going to be dependable. He's going to know when to s- switch, how to help. And he's one of the best, uh, steel percentage guys all time in the NBA. We have, I think we, I think I saw a stat that we had like four of the top f- 25 steel percentage yeah. guys all time. If you include Avery, mm-hmm. that's fucking crazy. Like I'm, I'm excited for the defense. I love, I love fast paced basketball where we're, we're stealing like the big three area where we're stealing. We're putting pressure on on the defense to make bad passes and tough passes with uh, a tight wiggle, um, tight uh, airspace, and yeah. and we have the the length and the IQ to and the reaction time to to get those.
2: So since so and and by the way, like for for Chad and every, and, and listeners, you know when I, when I'm when I look at this heat season, I look at them from January 30th on because anything before that was just demolished by COVID and then the the time that wasn't demolished by COVID Jimmy Butler was on a bad ankle so for me their season really started on January 30th against Mm -hmm. the Kings since January 30th uh, they're 30th in pace it's dead last behind Detroit you know all all the teams in the league and if you're the Heat and if you want to grease your offense a little bit one of the things you can do is what Frankie just said you know kind of get out in transition kind of push the pace be faster and when you have ball hawks like Avery, like like Risa Iguodala, like Jimmy, you know you give yourself a chance. You give yourself a chance to uh, to score and then set your defense. And and especially on those fast breaks, you know if if you have two of those guys on a fast break, you still have three or four guys back, you know already set right, and and it's good. It's it's just you know it, it, you win all around. There's really no downside and. It's gonna help them and again it's not you know it's not like adding this all-star level guy but you know you kind of slot him in and they've had a vacuum at the four and now they have a guy who can play four now is he the most ideal person to put up power forward yeah probably not you know he may struggle in some when there's a little bigger guy on him like Duran or whatever but or Giannis. uh yet to be seen if he can guard that up but we'll see we'll see um I thought the other interesting news of the day Frankie uh, was on Woj's podcast. Woj said that he didn't feel like Miami was done dealing and that Olenek is kind of looked at it in trade packages. And fans had a weird reaction to that because, I mean, KO's $12.5 million contract makes sense to move. They really only have Andre and his contract as like big, big chunky things, right? Like that's, <laughs> that's what they have. So their remaining assets are, they have Andre's 15, they have KOs, 12.5. They have Harkless and Bradley. That's about nine point something because together they're the mid-level exception. Mm. E7, so about $35 million in expiring contracts. They have a $7.5 million trade exception, which I always preface that they cannot add the trade exception to another figure. The trade exception is its own thing. I cannot add the trade exception to the 35 million that they already have, and then all of us, you know, we'd have 42, that's not how it works. It has to be its own trade that right. you know you can include picks and stuff, but you can't add salary with the trade exception. So they can get something with the trade exception. They have $35 million in expiring, and Olenek, Andre, Harkless, and Bradley. They have Precious Achua, who's an interesting young player and a center, and there are some teams that really need a big. And they have a 2022 second round pick left, and I believe that's via Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. they also have the biannual exception in the buyout market because now they don't have because Myers Leonard got traded, they don't have the injury um the exception, which player, was like four four point five. So right. that's gone. Uh so that's that's kind of their playing board. And then Woj, you know, had the pod, and he's like, I'd be surprised if Miami's undealing, they're on the phones, and we know I don't think Frankie, we should be surprised that Pat Riley's, you know, some some people in chat are <laughs> pointing out Goran it's Gordon Dragic is not getting moved. Yeah. Exactly. I, would, I would yeah, we've had no indication. So, I mean, I I think there's probably something else coming, mm-hmm. um, you know, obviously, you know, there's, there's some smoke over in Sacramento and they did the whole thing of we're not trading anybody, you know, we've heard that before. Um, but uh, Frankie, I, I actually think that they have enough in assets to like get something done. Like, I, I think that if they want to do like a medium size move, I think that they have, they have the goods.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, um, like you said, Trevor doesn't fully fix the issue at the, t- the four spot. Uh, but I think the combination of him uh, and Kelly uh, is a pretty good lineup right there. Uh, you can if you want to move towards uh, the playoffs and start Ariza at the four, eventually when he's more game speed and, and it fully implemented into the system and comfortable, you can do that. Um, you can run the you can start kelly and then run a lineups at the four later and and that should help you as a small ball four uh you, i think you can run 40 48 minutes of them three of them two and and some Egodala. i think that's perfectly fine or or some jimmy if you if you want to mix in some guard uh if you got another uh two way guy that could help like if is healthier and contributing um but yeah, definitely I think I don't think we're seeing a huge move to to go in. Uh like I don't think Tyler's going to be moved. I don't think uh Duncan's yeah, going to be moved uh, unless something really eye-popping comes up. Um but definitely Precious is, is still something c- they could dangle. Um uh, has been playing pr- pretty solid. Uh <laughs> lost you G for a second.
2: No, it's okay. I think the I think the USB drivers the USB cable's a little faulty and the driver sometimes loses it
1: all good. All good. But yeah, like KZ's been playing a little well. I'm sure that a, team, uh, a young team would like to take a flyer on him as, as an asset. Um, they have some pieces. I don't really want to give up Kelly unless you can get like Bielitsa or like a, a, a Harrison Barnes, a Otto Porter, some type like that, that you know is going to um, soak up a lot of those four minutes uh, for you and, and, and be a clear upgrade. Um but like Bielitsa, like uh, I, I've seen people. I like Bielitsa, uh, but it, that would be like I need a clear upgrade at the guard spot that Kelly had to be included, uh, not, and probably not even just Oladipo, because like I love Oladipo, but I don't think Oladipo Bielitsa is a clear upgrade like that uh, as as like Kelly and and Oladipo would be. I agree. Because uh,
2: we- I'm totally with you.
1: Yeah, because I, I like Bielitza. He's a good player, but I think Kelly's a strong a better passer. He's c- really c- good chemistry with Bam and, and Jimmy, uh Goron. He know the, all those guys have been have been with it. I, I think after Udonis and Goron, isn't Kelly like the longest senior heat player? Oh, he came in the same year as, as Bam. But like yeah. he's he's right up there. No, he came in the year guys.
2: before, I think.
1: No, no, he got he got there. He
2: got, right he, oh, there that's right, guess he wasn't he wasn't on the third and eleven team, you're right. Right,
1: right. Um but yeah, like, I, I think, I still think they need a guard, um, unless like they're really confident in none and hero, uh, uh, performance and, and really comfortable there going forward. And none, none is another guy that they can throw out to an, uh, to, uh, a package for like, for somebody, a veteran guard that can, that can help us.
2: So, you know, it's, it's funny because I, I didn't even put this out. King's Twitter, uh, a, a King's blogger, um. For for SB Nation, put this trade out. Harkless, Olynic, Precious, and a first round pick for Harrison Barnes and Justin James.
1: Yeah, now, I saw that trade, and I I saw Kings fans like, and we get a pick. I'll tell <laughs> t- you, yeah. like that, that was an extra boat. Like they didn't even think the pick was worth it. I,
2: I thought that was funny. I, I, I was like, I was for sure that I was like, that looks like a poo-poo platter plus precious and a pick. And yeah. then King's Twitter is like, yo,
1: and a pick. <laughs> yeah exactly like i i thought the pick was an essential uh but it, i mean i like pressures Sac-
2: sacramento somebody on king's Twitter says miami is laughing uncontrollably before hanging the phone up
1: yeah i saw that too i saw that too it, it's it's crazy how fans have such different um
2: chat's mad at it chat doesn't like the trade yeah that, I. Don't, they're saying uh somebody yeah hell no way too much i wonder what's the I, too I much yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean I, the you, pick maybe. I, yeah, I don't you know. If you get
1: that done without the pick, that'd be great. Uh I mean
2: Precious last night was just horrible and I think that he's really got his minutes cut and I I understand people's concern in a trade like that where you really just like lose all your front court depth like you you know, but my my thing has been well, you know, you have a trade exception that you can still use, it's going to expire, but you can use it. You have a second round pick that you can trade for something. I'm sure that the Bulls would be. <laughs> I've heard things that would suggest the Bulls would offload Otto Porter for a second round pick. Uh, you you can you can get buyout guys. I mean, Lamarcus Aldridge is going to get bought out in day now. Like you you can find a backup five, you know, pretty pretty quickly. And, and at the end of you have Chris Silva break in terms of emergency for the regular season. But I'm sure you could find a playoff backup five. I'm not you know with with yeah. all the ammunition you have.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, and I like Precious. Uh, like you said, he had a bad game last night. He's been struggling recently, kind of hitting that rookie wall. Um, that's why. That's part of the reason why I suppose going to KZ so much uh, and running Kelly at the five more. Uh, but I, I, I think Precious is going to be a solid player. I just don't think he's going to ever reach that his full potential here because they're reluctant to to even try him with Bam. Uh, I think he still only played like eight minutes with Bam. Uh, they don't even use him as an all defense guy and he was like a really good defender uh, uh he didn't even play a lot of five in college uh so that concerns me they're they're obviously seeing something in in uh practice that they don't like and they don't feel comfortable at
2: he's not a four not 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 nine in today's nBA
1: right but uh like even like in an all defense lineup like just we need to stop they they're they're not running him uh so that concerns me because they're trusting Duncan and Tyler and Goron, and we need a stop lineups instead of Precious and Bam and Jimmy. You know, like I would think, I would think Precious, Bam, Jimmy, uh, with whoever, anybody else, you're getting a stop. And they're not, they're not even trying that, so that concerns me. Um, but yeah, he's he's go- gonna be a good player offensively. He's gonna probably play that five role no matter what. I think defensively. Uh, he can guard a lot of fours and, and and threes, so I think he if he can find a role like that, it's very similar to D.J.J. in that sense. I don't think he'll ever be a plus shooter, um, but that's why like these are the kind of situations where you're a cha- you were a championship contending team last year. You're two games away from a championship. Um, he doesn't fit on this roster in, in a considerable role unless Bambi's get is hurt he's not playing more than 20 more than 12 minutes 12 15 minutes
2: You're, he's your ticket to get something good
1: exactly if that, you, if you can improve with uh, with him as as a, a trade piece you got to take that
2: i think if i think you trade him if you can get like a legit starting level guy right like so I, I i mean Harrison Barnes is really an avatar for like who can start, who is a starting level guy that can do what you need, which in, in and again, in his case, it's just a guy to pressure to the rim and shoot, right? Like, you know, the, the pick and roll numbers and the s numbers speak for themselves and the shooting numbers are there. It was just a trade I wanted to bring up. Yeah. I, thought, I mean, we've talked a lot about it on the show and I, I thought it was interesting that a Kings uh SB Nation account uh, brought it up. And I actually had another uh, somebody from um, Brandon Nunes from uh, Blue Wire Kings Herald podcast, uh, King's Pulse, I'm sorry. He writes for King's Herald. Uh, King's Pulse podcast kind of tweeted me a similar version of that trade earlier that morning. So it was funny how like you know they were the King's Twitter was kind of looking. Um I think that kind of brings us to the idea of trading Kelly. And we kind of talked a little bit about that with the Woj pod. and you have uh that trade where Kelly's included, like you know, trading Kelly is is an issue for a couple of reasons. All their best lineups have O Linux. Um you know, it's starting to the noise is uh, the noise is getting louder and louder. Frankie, um, he's really important to their success. And I still think it's unclear whether or not um, he can play in the playoffs, like in a meaningful way against like the Nets, right? Or or the or the Bucs. Um, so I saw Simon Smith uh, tweet this out. The Heat are now one in 11 when Kelly O'Lenick plays 23 minutes or less. Right, so that's that's usually like foul trouble or something, and that's bad. Like they they suck without him, and they'll, all the lineup data would tell you that they suck without him. And trading him would mean that you need somebody to replace him that's better than him. So that's to keep in mind as well because they just really need a guy to shoot at that position to help kind of grease the wheels. Yeah, and that brings me to Duncan Robinson because Duncan has not been what they what they thought he'd be this year, and the numbers so Frankie when duncan is on the court and no Linux off the court they're minus five per 100 possessions with a 102 offensive rating when Kelly's on and duncan off they're plus five uh with a 111 offensive rating that's that's damning and if you go through the mix of permutations of lineup data Duncan's not what he once was last year where last year the heat fell off a cliff when he was on the bench now they're they're minus 0.70 when he's on, and they're plus 0.60 when he's on, when he's off. So they're a little better when he's off. But that was not the case. The offense is about the same. He, this, and his offense is about the same. That's crazy. That he is not changing their offense despite being involved in every single set. And I thought yesterday Frankie was interesting because it was the first time that I think that he Twitter collectively turned on Duncan. Um, I hadn't seen that yet. They just, everybody was kind of done with him after miss open three after miss open three.
1: Yeah, it's, it's tough, uh, because last year Duncan had so much gravity around him. Um, and, and I feel like this year spoke kind of spammed the, the, uh, DHOs too much and kind of like put like, you know, it, it was unstoppable last year. Uh, the numbers between him and, and Bam and the Dhos were ridiculous, but there was a reason you had to put Goron in the starting lineup uh, come bubble time because you needed another option. This year, with no Goron Goran not being the bu- bubble Goron and Tyler uh, starting uh, struggling with shooting, they really didn't have that extra release valve. And then you also had all the, the in and out of the lineups with health with COVID, um, so Duncan's kind of got into a struggle. Uh, he's missing open shots. I, don't, I I haven't seen the numbers, but there's no way he's shooting the same uh, on open shots as he did last year. Uh, he was a flamethrower last year. He was unscout, uh, unscouted last year. They didn't know who he was. He came out guns blazing. And, and uh, it also helps that Kelly shot a career high last year. Tyler shot close to 40%. Goran shot 40%. Like all those guys help each other. It wasn't just Duncan that was absolute flames. All of those guys were, were elite shooters. And then Jay comes in and shoots 40% with the heat too. So it was just, you know, where are you going to help off of? Because every, every lineup had two, two elite shooters on the team. And this year, all those guys are shooting a lot worse than, than they did last year. And it's, it's, it's just been a struggle uh, to get Duncan uh, open consistently because of that. Cause they can sell out more. Um, Bam hasn't taken the leap where we, he's taken a leap, but he hasn't taken the leap uh, enough aggressively and uh, uh, able to hold his own offensive load uh, to make the team better in Jimmy's absence. And, uh, and obviously the, the wing depth after Jimmy isn't really strong either. So um, it's tough, man. It, It was, it's hard to see Duncan struggle to get open. And then when he's finally open, he's, he had that, that's, that possession where he missed like two or three wide open often uh uh threes and you're just seeing the frustration in his face that he's he's struggling he's he's pressing a little bit it, it seems like uh So
2: last season on wide this is based off of NBA tracking wide open shots he shot 45% and from open shots he shot 48% that was last season this season duncan shooting 47% on wide open and 38% on open
1: that's a well, that's a huge swing
2: that's where it is the i open. mean the, the 38% on open versus you know 47% jesus uh that's it that that's your number and and he's taking a lot of open shots and they do the the offense does get him open shots but he's not hitting that at an elite clip right and, and on contested shots uh he's shooting 35% on tight threes and 20% on very tight threes which you know whatever you don't want to take that last year it was 37% on super tight shots and 41% on tight shots. I mean he was a monster. He was he was legit. He was possessed. He was the best shooter in the league last year. And this season he's just been a good shooter, not a not an elite shooter. I I would say an elite. I, I don't know. He's a very, I, I
1: good shooter. very good shooter, but he's just It's hard. He like you you're not building an offense around him this year. Uh, which they were able to, like he was a, a, able to be a big feature last year.
2: I mean 45% last year, 39% this year. I mean Yeah,
1: that's very that, good. That's ex- like Ty- Tyler has a volume. reputation. Yeah, Tyler has a reputation as a shooter and he didn't shoot 39% last year. I think he finished with like 38.
2: Yeah, 30, 30, 39% is good. He's been a good shooter. Yeah, You know, is he one of the best shooters in the league this year? And he's shooting on volume. He's shooting 8.3 attempts, right? He yeah. put up 12 or 13 threes yesterday. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to be unfair to him, but you know, when your offense is so dependent on him, because Tyler's also not shooting the three ball well. Olenek's been really struggling on that, despite doing other things. Uh, so it's tough, and I understand why they depend on him and, and everything, but it was just very the 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 fan base really turned on him, and I think part of that was kind of expectations, and part of that is like, you know, he's just not shooting what they need him to, and maybe that's unfair to him. Hmm um but i mean that number on open jumpers that 38 percent you got to be better than that
1: no and a huge thing is he's a free he's uh about to be a free agent he's due to get paid and fans are already complaining about his next contract when he hasn't even gotten it yet uh because it's because they expect when it works yeah i mean bam is still is under his rookie contract and if he gives you 14 and nine they're like what the hell he's not a max player like you got like uh, we're going to have this discussion in two more years. If Tyler isn't traded, when Ty- is Tyler going to be worth a max contract? You know, this is going to be cyclical uh, with, with this guys trusty. Heat front office. They, they pulled this roster out of a team that, that didn't make the playoffs. Like they yeah. they went, didn't make the playoffs the year before last. And then they made it to the NBA finals. They found with no cap room. They got Jimmy Butler. They uh, put the pieces around him. They kept the pieces that they needed uh, to make a run for the finals. Give him a chance. Uh, this team is going to be good. Bam Bam is only like 23. We're going to be good for a while.
2: They're going to be good. Jimmy's good. And, and I think he hasn't shown he's better than he was last year, which is really hard yeah. to even articulate. But, I mean, you know, th- they're not done in the trade market. I saw the report that uh, <laughs> LeVar said, uh, about Lonzo. I hope he gets traded, dot, dot, dot. He can't stand New Orleans. So let's keep an <laughs> eye out on that. God, that know, obviously, the heater. I'm going to be in on Lamarcus Aldridge and Rudy Gay. Rudy really Rudy really, helps them a lot. Rudy's a guy that really could start at the four for them and really make a difference uh, as a shooter, as a defender, as a, as a playmaker. The heater, like second to last in isolation possessions, which is interesting because... Isolation is not typically something that we call for, but I do think that, you know, if you have an offense, you really want a healthy dose of everything. You just don't want to run one thing. And especially when they're kind of struggling, you know, I think that they need different looks. Mm -hmm. So even bringing in a guy who can ISO a little bit would help them. It's a low turnover play as well, which the Heat, I think, have largely fixed a turnover issue. And I think Jimmy Butler, kind of handling the ball a lot, has really kind of taken the reins in on that. Yeah. yeah. Um, But as we talked
1: about earlier, um, that the, the heat, you know, the, you're going to face switching teams. Uh, and, and the importance of switching is it's it turns you into an isolation-heavy team. Uh, and, and if you're not, you don't have the personnel or the comfort in, in doing that, it's going to be tough playoff, come playoff time. We're going to see if we face Milwaukee or Brooklyn, those teams are going to switch heavy in the playoffs, uh, especially with, uh, Milwaukee now that they're going to close games with Giannis at the five and P.J. Tucker at the four. And and you're gonna and they have the body. Drew is is one of the best defenders in the league. Uh, he guarded Kevin Durant uh, for for much of the, their series against each other, and did a really good job. Kevin Kevin said he's he's one of the most frustrating defenders to go against. And you're gonna have if you go against Brooklyn, they're gonna run those. They're gonna switch heavy too. You need those isolation guys that can play within a structured offense, motion offense, but can also put their head down get you a bucket and the heat after jimmy and and if Goron goran, goran I, I will show flashes um of doing that he was excellent in the bubble and in the playoffs uh we hope he can get to that level come playoff time again and uh, be fully healthy but after that who are they going to go on you can't rely on jimmy to do that every night because he's going to wear wear down uh and you want him guarding being able to guard the other team's best player he can't be doing that but to, he's not
2: he's not guarding the other team's best player anymore. I mean, they've really no, I, used him as a help yeah, guy, which yeah, yeah. I think has been good for yeah, but, everybody. But
1: against Brooklyn, he's going to have to guard one of those guys.
2: Yeah. Well, and they'll 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 I mean, they screen a lot with their guards. So yeah. I mean, Jimmy's going to be on one of those guys, and he's going to be involved in plays. you are not going to let him hang out and be a help guy. They're exactly. going to make him be on the ball. And they're not going to let him muck up what they do. And, and listen, I think that defensively they're going to have the guns to defend Brooklyn. I don't think there's a question about that. I think that they can throw out a closing lineup of Vigadala, Ariza, Bam, Jimmy, plus one more, and that's you know you can you can figure some stuff out with guys like that, mm. right? So I'm not I'm not particularly worried. A couple things on the way out, yeah, Frankie. Uh, something I've been monitoring is the Heat's handoff f- possession frequency. They were at 10.5 earlier in the season. They're down to 8.6. Uh, so they're really cutting down on the handoffs. I think that they know it's not working as much, and uh, I think they're kind of pivoting to other things. I mean, they're still the most you know handoff-heavy team in the league, but it's not as much as you'd think. Indiana's pretty much tied with them mm-hmm. for amount of possessions a game that they do handoff, heater. Still scoring 0.91 points per possession off that hand up 41st percentile, so so not very good. Um, that needs to go up, of course, and and that's really what they're married to in their system. But something to monitor. I think that Eric Spolster kind of sees what's going wrong. I mean, he's an all-time great coach, so I don't think any any of us bozos on Twitter uh, know more than Eric. But you know, that that's something to monitor. And I think with the reads kind of come in, they'll run more spread pick and roll uh a can screen for jimmy depending on who's guarding him i'm sure that sometimes they'll hide a smaller guy on him so they can put size on jimmy and then they can kind of force switches and stuff like that so it's going to be fun it's going to be fun um <laughs> curtis hero and chad is saying uh, lavar ball wouldn't drop that bomb on lonzo wanting to get out of new orleans unless that was pl- he was planning to force a move he's been mostly quiet Ah, uh, it's hard to tell i mean who knows that 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 does make sense and you know where there's smoke there's fire
1: yeah, I mean, Lavar's Le- is just smoke all the time. So, I, I just e- even when he's quiet, uh, I, I, I can't like try to paint what uh, Lavar's is trying to do there.
2: It's tough, it, it's tough. Uh, somebody, Small, Smolny, can chat. Shout out to Shmidan says, Imagine Pat Riley meeting LeVar in person. That would be <laughs> that'd be funny.
1: <laughs> we know they liked him. Uh, that that was the year they drafted Bam, uh, and they were. They looked oh, like them. Uh They were eleven and thirty to start, so they were, they were looking at Lonzo, and and I think Lonzo a great guy. Lonzo's very you know, similar to Justice, just a better, a much better shooter and, and passer.
2: Frankie, it was funny because when I remember during that eleven and thirty start, we we you know, we were we were in full beat swing. Uh, Leif, who is now with Five Reasons, had pivoted to watching college ball, and Leif's like, "All right, I gotta, I gotta get ready for the draft," and he was right. They looked awful, and it wasn't because they were injured or anything. They just like they looked like shit. And uh, Leif was like, "Oh yeah, this ball guy, this ball kid's good." And I was like, "What? uh, Yeah, I don't do draft stuff. You know more than I do." Uh, So that's I I always think that's kind of funny how Leif kind of like was like, "Okay, time for draft coverage," and then they go on this like unreasonable, unprecedented run. Um, want to thank everybody again for everybody who came to the watch party. You guys are incredible. Um, we're gonna do that again. It was a lot of fun. Thank you to everybody who subscribes, uh, who watches the Weird Al pregame show. Uh, it, honestly, couldn't be happier for Jack, who's been with us for about seven years. Since doing he's has 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 his own show. Um, he's doing great. He's amazing. You guys have really showed out for that, and I want to thank you as somebody who's happy for my friend who's doing a great thing. Uh, shout out to everybody who watches Hangover Time, to our subscribers, to our patrons. Uh, we love you guys. Uh, to people in the Discord, um, that that's always that's always active and fun. And you guys, do, I, I'm not like a big Discord person, but when I do log on, I do see some funny stuff going on. So you guys are great. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, at heatbeat If you're here on stream or if you're a podcast listener, we'll give updates. Uh, if you're a podcast listener only, maybe consider coming by one of our streams here on Twitch.tv slash um, and Smolnik is asking, you know, I wish you guys had a podcast that talked about movies and television shows. Um, and I think we're done for the day. Thank you guys so much for coming to stream.
0: Stream beats.